Hello and welcome to Every Day with an Angel. And this is the Wednesday live show. And I hope you've been enjoying some of these two minute videos that I've been doing, which is the Every Day with an Angel mini, uh, uh, little mini shorts, whatever you want to call it. I haven't found the right words yet to do it. And so with that, then it's the first month, Wednesday of the month. And thank you for being here with us. And if you're watching later, thank you for being here during that time. And I'm Natasha Venter. I am a multi-life intuitive. I do a lot of help with my spiritual counseling and mediumship and, you know, energy seeing and just, you know, bringing the dimensions and the quantum physics down into the realities of life. And I love Susie here who does a lot of the same work I do. She goes from those quantum physics into just those every day. And she's a great channeler and she's my partner in these first couple months here for sure. Um, until the uh, new year doing, helping get this podcast started, uh, doing this on the Wednesdays here. So Susie, welcome again, back again, and your information's in the, in the, um, description of this show. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you, but you're at bluelighthealing.com and that's your website, right? Bluelighthealing.com is my website. Um, I'm Susie Parker Goins and I am a channel and, I feel that my strength is bringing source through in ways that makes it accessible to you. So if you've got a bone to pick with a spirit guide or, you know, want to clear up stuff with an ancestor or looking at past lives, I really dig on doing that. But I am one who will ask questions. If there is some being coming forward, I'll talk to it. And I, any of the techniques I use in my sessions are easy can be learned by you. And so, you know, when I teach you to clear or to fill in or to protect, these are things you can do. I also have my own podcast called Blue Lightning Healing Meditations, and that's available through Spotify, on YouTube, also on my website. Uh, lately, I've been doing, well, lately, like the last, since January, I've been doing light language. And that is a means by which, another means by which source expresses itself through me. Um, and that's vocalizing, but it can happen with hands, with body, with movement, with writing. And that's also something I'd happy, I'm happy to share with everybody. I'm excited to be here. And Natasha picks really boss topics so that um, it gives us a chance. It's not like we have scripts, but we certainly know that we can talk about it. So welcome, everybody. I'm happy to have you here. And I'm looking forward to chatting with Natasha today. Yes, because we're going to be talking about, um, you know, boundaries really get a bad name. You know, we think that we have to have rigid ones. We feel like we have to have all this. and But actually, it's a lot of self-care. It's a lot of putting us in that loving moment when we do have boundaries. And, you know, we, you know, we were talking earlier about how COVID, you know, that, we kind of come into this moment where in COVID that life, we didn't realize how many boundaries we, we didn't have or that, or were too rigid, you know, because we had to live with somebody else and then we had to figure out a new way of communicating. And then we had to figure this out. Now we're now that we're a couple years past it in a way perspectives. Uh, not going to go there in that conversation, but you know, it's like, how, how do we negotiate coming out of this story? And I know a lot of us are tired. A lot of us are stretched. A lot of us are trying to rebuild ourselves and try to find out where to go in our life and trying to, you know, figure out what, what source, you know, our, our, our spirit, coming, you know, coming into our more spiritual life, how do we have these boundaries when we don't even have friends? You know, many of us are figuring out that our friends didn't fit. You know, they fit our old life, but, you know, if they're staying in judgment, they're staying in all this, that we're moving into, you know, these new friendship groups, we hope. We haven't really found them yet some of us, but it's that stretch and pull of, of, of the boundaries. And so Susie, what do you get out of this? Um, with boundaries, I, I think it's a mixed barrel. There are some folks who have no boundaries at all. And that's 
part of the the where I grew up. It's like you had to say yes, you had to be nice, you have to put up with stuff, or you didn't talk about it, or you just kind of did this. And so there were essentially no boundaries there. But then when um for me, like when lockdown happened, I was separated from these people who were in essence stepping over boundaries. And the people who irritated me the most had to stay away. And actually there was that moment of Oh, that—that's really nice. <laughs> I don't have to deal with these people, and so that's this great big um, a spectrum or a pendulum swing of oh my god, I gotta have all these boundaries too. I had no boundaries, and so I'm I'm at that point where I'm learning to have boundaries that are good for me. So if so, if if and I'm when I'm discerning somebody's energy, and I think. No, I don't. No, I, I no, no, I don't think that person um, jives with me. And so that's when I can set up a boundary. Now, mm-hmm. I have found that the people who object most to the boundaries are the ones who have stepped over the boundaries. And so now they're being told, yeah, you can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it goes both ways with me. You know, I've had some people say, no, you, you can't do that. And I'm like, oh, gee. Okay, so emotionally, emotional intelligence would ask that I go, I'm sorry for that. I apologize and I will shift my behavior. And then, as you know, Natasha was talking about, a narcissist would say, There are no boundaries. What do you mean? And try and, and learning to navigate, not trying, but learning to navigate between those. What's a healthy boundary? It doesn't have to come at you like a train but you do need to take care of it. And remembering that you are putting the boundary in place to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the big step. Yes. Cause I always pictured, especially with um, a relationship um, with, you know, a spouse or a friend that, you know, two strong people, you know, those two strong people will make a good support for a roof. You know, if you take a, if you think about the Greek, you know, root, you know, pillars that come up, you know, and then you have that little area that's, that's over the roof, right. That you have these strong pillars and, and, you know, that's the way that I kind of imaged myself was that I wasn't rigid, but I wanted to be too, I wanted to have individuality so we can have a good home, you know, that I needed to be a strong person in the sense of loving myself enough to say, this doesn't work for me, you know, and I didn't have to be mean about it, but I had to be firm about it. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the thing. And, and, you know, and I'm going to be honest with you. My, I, I live with a recovering narcissist, you know, he started drinking when he was 12 you know, he's a double Leo. Leos can tend to be a little bit narcissistically aligned with themselves in, in a loving way. We are all narcissists in some fashion. I'm an only child, so I can honestly claim that one a little bit, right? And, but yet it, it's all in discernment of how do we use it and where does it sit with us? But then you got these people that are really like, you know, the, it's their way or the highway. And like I would tell my husband all the time, you know, you tell me to pick left. And then when I do pick left, you said I picked the wrong one. And now you're telling me I needed to pick right. So it's like it, always trying to get my foot, my, you know, my boundary, my me off center. Right. And that's what people who are narcissists tend to do is get us off centered. So we don't get our footing but we have to find a way to get it. And, you know, that's where I learned that a lot of times, let's say dealing with a narcissist, that I had to have something going off in my head. You know, I'm free from you treating me this way. I'm free from you treating me this way. I'm free from, you know, so I didn't get off center. Right. And, but boundaries, self-care, you know, it's like, we have to have them. Otherwise we lose ourselves. And that's, that's wrong. We got to find ourselves. That's the whole spiritual journey is finding ourselves. Right. And sometimes understanding that this is about us is that first, it can seem like a huge step, like stepping across a chasm from what you've known Mm -hmm. to breaking these old thought patterns, changing these old thought patterns, 
because being selfish, that's, you know, there's so many, so many generations behind us where they said, no, you have to, you have to give till it hurts and, and all sorts of other outdated paradigms, to be honest. Um, and then, you know, I'm part of the boomer generation, but I'm not a boomer in that I don't think that everybody's lazy or that something is wrong with the young people today. I'm not that get out of my yard kind of person. Okay. <laughs> Me <laughs> neither. Not that way. But understanding, I think that's been an, an amazing journey is understanding um, when I had to take care of myself because I'm a 10 year cancer survivor and that boy, howdy, if that is not a lesson in self care, (laughs) I don't know what is. And I honestly don't wish it on anyone, but I have had to learn that there are things I can do and things where I can do to a point. And, you know, it's, it's being okay with it. I do have clients who are still working on, um, issues surrounding self-love and I support them all the way because I know that it can be quite the journey and that you are working and breaking down those old, those old patterns, Mm -hmm. those old patterns of, you know, listening to what your parents said, because, you know, as a kid, you thought they, they knew it all. They were, they were the end all and be all. And when in fact they were, they're human. human. Oh, Gaspard. <laughs> I know. They were very human. Yes. And, yeah. and, that's, and that's the thing is, is that, you know, even if we didn't want to listen to them, they still were an influence because mm-hmm. it was almost a, I don't want to call it a, fr- a form of brainwashing, but, you know, you know, in a way, you know, when you listen to something day in and day out, it is a form of brainwashing and we get to believe it. And so we get into these patterns and um, many of us were taught to be caregivers. You know, that we had to take care of the family. We had to take care of this. We had to take care of that. We had to be perfectionists. We had to be all these things. And that doesn't give us strong boundaries because we're always there for others, right? You know, so how, you know, you know, you mentioned that you're a 10-year survivor, 10-year cancer survivor, and, you know, that's tremendous. And, you know, going into the story of, of being a caregiver, you know, you know, you're a mom at the time of some young ones, you know, not real young, but you know, they were in those, those turning of their life, you know, that, that 10, 11, 12 year olds, right. About that time. Um, Actually, they were approximately the same age range that my two of my sisters and I were when my mom had cancer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Mm -hmm. 13 and nine and let's see, 13, nine, and then 16. Mm-hmm. Somewhere around there, 14, 15. So, yeah. Were very turning points in their lives. And the event itself is trauma-inducing anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it really is. And, you know, and then you have a husband who's who's negotiating that. And, you know, mm-hmm. you know, were you, though, before this started, more of a caregiver? Well, yeah. I was the stay-at-home mom. And driving them to school, packing up lunges. We were at a, um, an alternative education center. So I was supposed to be the primary instructor, but I, I guided them and I was doing the mom thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then, and then you have this life altering experience come up to you and, and it really, you know, sets the the pattern of the whole family off and and from what it was which actually Mm -hmm. in some ways i have always found that these life-altering experiences (laughs) were actually the blessing in disguise to stir my pot to get things to land in the better place for themselves Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah and as far as boundaries were there were some people who um, were willing to help and other people who were not. And so that's another paradigm in boundaries. Um, when women stop by, 
hoping it felt like she was hoping to get some sort of absolution from being poorly behaved. And I'm like, I don't have the energy to talk to you. I just don't. So that was one of those I'm taking care of myself now. And, you know, those people who thought I was ready to to go for what did somebody call it? The dirt nap. I was like, just no, I don't have time for you now. I have other things to focus on like myself. So mm-hmm. it was it was fascinating to see what sort of boundaries presented themselves and what ones I was very okay with. Mm-hmm. So let's 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 stretch that out a little bit. You know, because I have found that the universe that I believe in, that it's interesting how boundaries get started to be be presented. They start mm-hmm. saying, you need to have this boundary. And then we kind of go, huh, really? I mean, not necessarily in that way. I mean, some of us kind of go, I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. And then others go, wow, this is in my face. Why are they yelling at me? You know, why are they doing this to me? Why are they doing that to me? And you have to look at this boundary that's showing up. So, you know, how do we recognize when a boundary needs to be showing, is starting to show up? How can we as humans see that story of of why do we need to have a boundary? Or what is the boundary that is coming that says, ah, good time to have me? I, I would say listen to how your body feels. Because if you, um, you know, applied kinesiology or muscle testing, they call it, you know, and that's listening to what your body says. Um, when you are in a situation and you feel something for me, I feel it sometimes just like in the in the solar plexus or even in the throat when I'm just kind of feeling like, oh, I just <laughs> I got a blurt. I got a blurt. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, uh, maybe not. And so I, and I encourage folks to do that, you know, do a body scan, figure out what feels right, what feels wrong. And again, ask your body the question, why is this, why is my eye twitching like this so much? Is there because I don't agree with something or, or why is my stomach upset? And, and listen to it, listen to what your body's saying, believe. I think that's the first step though, is to believe that your body is talking to you and believe what it is saying. And then you act on it. That's the, I think an easy, very portable way to decide, to determine if what's going on, just what is going on. And sure, if that's a boundary, then by golly, pay attention to it and set it. And Guilt is not really necessary. Guilt is somebody else putting their, I don't want to say values, their opinions on you. And Mm -hmm. it's not worth it because that's just another time for your body to go, no. Exactly. I know for me that when I started getting those feelings, it was like I was just done. I was really done with that action. And I really started observing how passive aggressive I was, mm-hmm. you know, and the, some of those things that were starting to, you know, um, negotiate um, in me about having boundaries, you know, that I would start, I don't want to say be argumentative, but I was kind of like, you know, why are you talking to me this way? The, these ideas, these, and that's the thing is the brain will start talking for you. <laughs> you know, it will start saying, why are you talking to me this way? Um, why am I put in this situation? Why does this keep happening to me? Why, you know, you start hearing these things and you're, you're, you, you start talking to yourself about some of this stuff. And, and that's when you know that, that there's some boundaries too, is, is that when you start having your brain saying, why does this keep happening? Why do I keep getting hit with this responsibility? Why do I keep hearing this story? Why do I keep getting sabotaged all the time? You know, well, look at what your life keeps repeating to help you move forward. And, you know, you know, there's things that we can do to negotiate it. So how do you start having a boundary? How, what is some of the language that you can start using when you want to start having a boundary? Um, I, first off, I do 
the first thing is I question it. It's like, I take the time. That's the first thing for me mm-hmm. is to honestly, it doesn't always work. <laughs> <laughs> I know this we are human, right? <laughs> ideal worlds with extra garlic for me. <laughs> I can take the time to go, hang on a second. Let me, let me think about this. Let me go and look at it because a lot of times people will push you and push you and push you until you get a response. And that's one thing I've had to learn in my marriage is that my husband takes the time to think out his, his response. And, and I'm like, you know, I'm fifth out of six. So you had to be fast. You had to jump and you had to have a response. I never, I, I didn't always have a good response, but there were times it was like, I had a response, but my husband takes more time to process it. So being aware of that situation and then understanding that you can say no. You can say, I need to take a break here. Give me a minute. I'm going to go away. You don't need a response right now. I can't give you a response right now. And say this boundary pusher is saying, oh, yeah, you can. It's like, no, that's no. okay. We're going to close this out now and I'll get back to you. Mm-hmm. That's the first step is to allow yourself that space. Exactly. We have to think things out. And that's one thing that I have started saying is I love us enough to say I need to stop. I love us enough to say I stop. And I I like to be kind with my way. I'm not necessarily. And, and so sometimes I'm too nice. And that's probably why I took so long to have boundaries because I am nice. And so with that, that, but it takes that, that moment to say, I need time. I need the experience. I need the, the time to process what's really happening here. And I know for me that, that, you know, I would start things off because of me needing to get that motivation that like, for me, my husband was always putting me as his garbage can, you know, like he says, to me a couple of times, you know, babe, I'm sorry. You hurt the ones you love, you know, it's like, and I don't mean to do this, you know, and I'm trying to do better, you know? And I sat in one of his meetings that he was having, and he actually said this, you know, to the group, you know, well, you always kind of hurt the ones you love, don't you? And it's like, and I'm trying to do better. And I, you know, I gave him credit for that because he is trying to do better. But there was that part of me that would say, you know, I'm done being your garbage can. I'm Mm -hmm. done being your garbage can. And and I, and I, at one time, as he was walking out of the bedroom, I metaphorically kicked over the garbage can. So he had nothing to dump it in. (laughs) You know, it's like, you know, because it was such a rotten moment in my life. And, and, you know, how do you negotiate that? But you have to keep, you have to be selfish sometimes in a positive way to create these boundaries. And, we and it's not about being mean but it's that tough love and that's the thing that that you know people could get into the story about how things are mean and this is the language i use i'm using tough love i'm 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 using that tough love of 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 that you deserve better and i deserve better and with that we got to agree to be disagreeing and cuz i know that you know, I've even come up with the mantra, I'm not doing anything wrong, but there's something I can change. So with that, that, you know, that some of us have a hard time admitting that, that something needs to change. Well, I'm not doing anything wrong, but there's something I can change, Mm -hmm. you know, and to give an example is, is that, you know, my husband, after working 10 to 12 hour days, some days, he wants dinner done when he gets home. Well, he's forgetting that I have a full-time job sometimes with doing my business and then working outside for a couple hours. And sometimes dinner doesn't get done. Well, I know this is a trigger of his, right? So I'm not doing anything wrong because it's not wrong that I cook dinner at seven o'clock, but there's something I can change because this is a trigger so I can have a conversation with him. Honey, Tuesday's my late night. What do we want to do about dinner? You know, so there's creating boundaries. Mm -hmm. That's a form of boundary saying that I don't want to be treated negatively anymore. I'm not doing anything wrong by my actions because I'm doing it out of love, but there's something I can change. So communication is 90% of it. And that's the thing. Yeah, we got to have communication and we got to be vulnerable enough to have communication. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and that takes a level of self-awareness that I think that um, it can be scary. Uh, mm -hmm. I've had clients, I've worked with one years ago, and she said, I can't come back to you. And I said, why? You, and she's like, because I'm afraid of what you're going to find and how you're going to feel about it. So there is that mm -hmm. vulnerability there that is required when you are looking at self-care and boundaries and also developing that self-awareness. So being able to say, I know this is going to be a thing and let's not have it be a thing. So you're right, communication is vastly important, not only with someone else about a boundary, but with yourself. Yeah. Working with folks, working with yourself, working on yourself. I've recently gone through and figured out one of my blockages. And, you know, it all went all the way back to like, I don't know, sixth grade. So I'm like, okay, I got to talk to her from sixth grade and, and we're going to sort this out so that we can move forward in other projects and other things. But being self-aware and not beating yourself up over it. I know it's we've been taught. Not... Yeah, we've been taught to beat ourselves up. We've mm -hmm. been taught to be mean to ourselves and we have to be our best friend. What would our best friend tell us? You know, especially dealing with a narcissist, what would our best friend tell us? You know, and I understand how manipulative life can be when you are having low self-esteem and then you have someone that you, that was chosen, you chose, both chose whatever the circumstances, we're here now, what are we going to do about it? You know, it's not how things start. It's what we got to deal with while we're here. Right. And so with that, that, you know, coming into that, that perception of, holy crap, this is actually what I put myself into. You know, it's, I'm here with it. You know, I'm here in an abusive relationship. I'm in here with an abusive um, boss or I'm in a situation where, you know, I've gotten to where I'm not communicating well. I haven't communicated well. I've put myself into a rabbit hole and I don't know how to get out of it. Or, you know, you know, I've, I have this situation with a friend. I've been friends for years and years and years. And now I'm finding that we're actually not as close as we thought we were. You know, so we're coming up to these crossroads in our lives about making decisions. And, you know, it's that, that stepping out, like I've said to some people, it's like, well, you know, when you're starting to separate in a relationship, we can still be friendly, but we don't have to be necessarily friends. So how can you mm -hmm. be communicative being friendly so that you don't necessarily burn the bridge but you, you, you burn the, the quick notes to each other, you know, you're, you're not so available for each other. And by, you know, mm -hmm. saying, Hey, you know, maybe three out of, yeah, and, you know, maybe um, out of five times you're busy. So you only go out two times with them. Right. So it's that stretch and pull, you know, do you have any ideas about this at all? About navigating through, well, I think the, you know, being self-aware and understanding where you're at there and catching it before it turns into a great big volcanic explosion. Mm -hmm. um, I'd, I've experienced that in a couple of relationships and it was like out of the blue. And so it's easy for someone to um, to want to pull the plug immediately without the communication. And that was kind of alarming. But then once that happened, it was actually for the best. And, you know, you're talking about as we're passing each other on the streets, I, I'm civil, mm -hmm. you know, I don't have to ask about their pets. I don't have to do all that, but that's part of my boundary is to not get caught up. I actually spent time in some metaphysical therapy, if you will, ex exploring a, a relationship that kind of went south and, and I, either was clueless about it, or I certainly looked to see where my part was in this. And I realized I'm not the only one who was in this friendship, in this group. And so taking the time to examine it, not taking too much time because it's easy to overthink, mm -hmm. you know, hold on, let me overthink this. I've got the t-shirt. I'm part of that club. But <laughs> <I know. being> <laughs> 
yeah. I am thinking about this constantly. <laughs> yeah. Don't stop me. Okay. But looking at it from, um, yeah, not sometimes an analytical point of view where you can say this happened, this happened, and look at that, that chain of events, um, seeing, okay, that's what they're, but looking at your part in it, looking at their part in it, and looking at it with, I don't want to say, yeah, with kind of an analytical eye, because it's emotion can get caught up in there. And because I want to get there before it blows up, I want to get there before I throw a tantrum. That allows me that space to go, okay, this is what I'm seeing. Let me figure out if that's what other people are seeing. And then we can establish that boundary. Um, and it was a case where somebody just kind of climbed over the, the boundary like they were, it was a siege. And I was just like, no, that's that's not going to work for me. And I ignored it at first because I'm learning about boundaries, <laughs> even now. Exactly. Because it doesn't, I, you know, I don't care how spiritual you are. We're all human. We're all human and we got to figure it out, you know, and, you know, we really don't know how well we're doing about it until that situation comes up again. Right. We think we may got it, but we have to negotiate it. So, um, you know, we got a couple of people watching. If you have anything that you would like to comment about, please, please put in a comment. I, I we do want to get a perspective of this and how is this sounding to you and how are you liking what we're talking about? You know, because it is a thing. I know for me, like I had a situation that came up um, just in this last year. And, and, you know, I really had to take a moment and take the person out of the situation. You know, like, okay, that, you know, example was, is that, you know, I, I had a situation where somebody said I was doing something that I wasn't doing. You know, okay. Like I was late all the time to my situation or to what my responsibilities were and that I was not doing a good job at what I was doing. Totally <laughs> was not what was happening. So what I had to do was I, instead of saying, well, she told me this, I said, this was told to me. How do I feel about what this was told to me? Right. I didn't like it. And mm -hmm. it was calling me something that I wasn't. It was pushing on my integrity. Okay, so pushing on my integrity. Okay, so how do I feel about that integrity? Okay, so then I knew when I was going back that I knew that I needed to have a conversation with that person. So then I can have a conversation about feeling valued and their perception. That was what I got out of it was I had to, to negotiate what the perception was and what that the negotiation was. And the reason why I knew I needed to go back to that person was because that person is what said it, right? So I figured out what the problem was that I was negotiating without the person in it. So then my, my emotions weren't attached to the person. Mm -hmm. My emotions were attached to how I was feeling about it. So then I can negotiate that. And then I went back and knew how better to communicate with the person because I had my ducks in a row about what my intention mm -hmm. was in that conversation. And so my so I I lost the the triggers in that conversation. It was actually better. And then I was smart and I had somebody who witnessed the conversation because it, it was somebody who I was my supervisor. So <laughs> I need, knew I needed to not have that conversation by myself. But with a friend, you kind of have to have sometimes a conversation by yourself and you're going to have to do these negotiations. And so, you know, going forward, the most important thing is to realize that we're all human and we're all in a moment of learning and how can we help each other learn? Yeah, I think it, it you know, we're talking friend situations and work situations and we we've glanced on relationship situations and it can all be handled mostly the same way it's that self-awareness mm -hmm. and being able to communicate and taking out the anger behind it i and and understanding you don't have to deal with it right now 
because <laughs> it's that pressure, you know, that's like, I, I really need to say this. And then that's when it all, I get flustered when I get angry and then I start to cry. And then I start to feel like, oh my God, I'm so useless because I can't speak normal. <laughs> and it just, that's where overthinking really does come in handy because I can sit there and run the scenario in my head at any given time and say, okay, and, and, and I can have an idea of the points I want to cover. Now, like, like you were saying, Natasha, you're looking at your emotions too. it. I'm not trying to control or dictate how somebody else is going to respond. I say this and then, oh, they say that. And then I come back with a <laughs> crack my knuckles and, and bring it all up. <laughs> I, I can't have that ability. That's really not my place to figure out how they're going to respond. respond. I just know this is, these are the points I want to cover. Mm -hmm. and, and I rehearse it. I've got a theater background. I know about rehearsing. I got to go through it. So I make sure I can, I can catch the points I want to and to just write it down. That's not a sign of weakness. It's no. not a sign of of anything bad it means you have things you want to cover mm -hmm. and because there's nothing like that ha i finished my point and you walk away and then two minutes later you're like oh <laughs> god oh man oh man oh, gee you know so go ahead and make the notes and re remind yourself this is what it's about for you mm -hmm. and then and then say your piece and then listen because there are going to be perspectives from the other person i know it's happened to me where there are perspectives that have been presented by the other person i went oh wow okay i hadn't thought of that because it's not my perspective mm -hmm. but being calm and and listening i think that you know, they say, what, two ears, one mouth, listen more than you talk. And so to say your piece mm -hmm. and then listen for them and, and develop that conversation, um, that foundation for communication. And it's like not about trying to one up somebody else. I think that's some basic communication thing is you listen. You don't you're not sitting there thinking about a blazing put down you have some sort of comeback it's not about that it's about staying present in the moment I think that's a thread through these conversations is that being present in the moment so that you can hear them mm -hmm. you can listen to them and they can listen to you yes and and that's one thing that that I have learned is is to listen and like I said that you know I'm married to a recovering narcissist you know that he's a very kind man and he's learned a lot he's just celebrated 11 years sober. So he's done, a lot of, he's done a lot of internal work, mental work, emotional work. And I'm just so proud of him. He, um, but, you know, that's the thing is, is that there's still times when, you know, you know, he, he's a Leo, you know, and he likes to roar sometimes and he's learning how to be calmer with that. And, but there's sometimes where, you know, I have to listen. I have to listen. And then this is what I do a lot of times. Okay, universe, if you want me to have a conversation that brings in perspective and that I need to, um, and I have a, a want to say certain things, can you please make it available? Can you make this conversation time available and have them ready to listen to my perspective? You know, and I set it up and I ask that energy to set it up. And I asked the, my team and my energies to set up. I need to have a conversation. So please make it set up to so that they're willing to listen. And then I have to check my in intention. I really have to check my intention. Is my intention to call them wrong? Or is my intention to be felt and heard? Right? And so checking that intention is huge. Because... You know, there's been times where, you know, the right thing comes out of my mouth and it's short, sweet and to the point with no fire behind it. And it hits the point and it gets heard. Yeah. Calling on your guides to help you 
stay calm in the moment, but there are times when you do need to set that boundary with them. I It's not that I don't trust the universe and I don't trust the person with me. It's that sometimes that's the point is to say, I need to speak mm-hmm. and I need to speak with you listening and then I will listen to you. Sometimes those words need to be saved, said because somebody may not be in a place and you, you get to help them shift into that space of listening, of being present in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, put down your phone. I got something to tell you. Oh, oh, what is it? Just, just listen. Okay. It's okay. And then we can talk or, you know, we'll go out for walks at night. I think that's a good time for us to, to have conversations. Usually it's just like, what do you want for dinner tomorrow? Because I don't know, but there are other times you got to have other conversations and being in a place where, um, what do we call it? Neutral territory, if you will, Mm -hmm. you know, I have a family member who's much nicer when she's not in her own territory. She's in a neutral territory. It's like, okay, fine. But um, just to be in a place where you can have an outlet Mm -hmm. for the physical energy, in addition to whatever emotional it's moving through the energy and you can do it physically and you can do it emotionally and you can do it psychically. You can do all the things. Exactly. You just have to say the words. Exactly. There's been times my husband and I, you know, there's sometimes I say, honey, this is going to be more than three words. And um, I would appreciate you giving me a chance to get this out. (laughs) And he says, okay. And then I can tell when his energy starts to wane. I say, honey, just give me a few more sentences. You got to give it to me. I give it to you. You got to give it to me. And so it's, it's that, you know, heads up because, you know, men and women communicate totally different and we have to understand that that's a discernment. How do we, how do we communicate to the one we love, the ones that we care about? How do we communicate to a boss? You know, and, and that's, you know, that's the story is it's practice makes better. We're not going to do it right. There's no right. But one thing that I always concentrate on is like, it's like a ship. You know, how do you write the cargo? You know, you don't have, you know, you don't have all the information heavy on one side, you know, so your your ship is going off weird, right? You have to, you have to kind of get the information, your, your research, your knowing, your words, you know, who are you talking to kind of get it in there so that you can kind of have the writer way to negotiate this conversation. Like you say, you know, take, you know, notes down, get the process down, you know, sometimes, you know, it's nice to, to free write before you have the conversation. So you have your, your angst out of the way, you know, that victimhood out of the way, or that, you know, the, whatever that story was that got triggered in you, you know, some, many of us get triggered because our inner child gets triggered. You know, and then we kind of get into, but I didn't want to hear that. No, 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 no. You know, it's like we got to, we got to negotiate so that we're our better self coming into these kinds of conversations with boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, inner children, boy, howdy. I like the idea of doing some, some free write or automatic writing in which you have that conversation. And I think that will go a long way in helping to relieve some of the emotion behind it and allow it to to peel away so that you can look and see the facts of it and say, okay, this is what it is. This is how it made me feel. So I think that's a really valuable tool Mm -hmm. is being able to sit there, whether, you know, I sit there and talk to myself, you can write stuff or record it into your phone, or I don't, I don't text very well. I'm, pretty bad at it but you know I like my voice recorder so but then I have to find it but you know oh well but being able to sort it out and that's where giving yourself that time and space Mm -hmm. that um distance from it at the time to to process that's what this is it's you know being able to process stuff just because you process it though doesn't mean it goes away doesn't mean you need to, you don't have to worry about talking about it. It means you've processed it to the point where you can address it. Now on the other side of the coin, sometimes blowing up actually really does bring home the point that, yes, you mean this. Mm -hmm. Those are for the folks who just 
refuse to take the hints. Yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I know. The, yeah, because yeah, there, yeah. there are times where it's like, you know, we've had to scream and yell about it, you know, and but there again is is checking in with the intention, you know, checking in with the intention, because I know mm -hmm. that, that um, I've practiced that for many years, you know, checking in with my intention so I can call upon it pretty quickly and uh, and and let it speak for me. I know that like I was having that conversation with my supervisor and I asked my team, you know, to help me stay on track. And so the word would breathe. When I started getting too emotional, yeah. you know, I'd heard the word breathe and I knew ground myself. And Good. that's usually when I brought it back in the conversation. Okay. The reason why I called this meeting is because you said this, and this is the cause and effect of that statement, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so it's setting up those boundaries, you know, you know, and, and so finding those tools in yourself, you have to trust yourself when you're starting to negotiate this road, you have to love yourself enough to come into this knowing of yourself. You have, I mean, and I'm saying you have to, because that's the only way to negotiate keeping boundaries. You know, and that's the part we haven't talked about is, is that, you know, do boundaries always stay firm? No, they don't. Mm -hmm. They're a wobbly, weevily, you know, perspective that some days things are a little bit more graceful than others, you know, but there again, you know, how do we negotiate that story is, you know, sometimes we waver on a boundary and then we realize, oh, <laughs> I didn't communicate very yeah. well about that, did I? <laughs> and I have to step yeah. back a few minutes and say, sorry, babe, didn't do anything wrong, but there's something I can change, right? I yeah, you got to check well in about with it yourself. And this, yeah, go ahead. You definitely have to check in with yourself. I, 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 it just sounds like constant vigilance. You don't really have to be constantly vigilant, but you know, you go into a situation, you go, okay, how do I feel right now? What can I handle? And, and when my kids were smaller, I would tell them, okay, y'all today, I've got this much patience. And they're like, okay, okay. And they'd go banging pans or pots. And after a while I'd go, okay, my patience is here. And for the kids, it gave them a visual, but I could also tell them that I'm checking in. And there were times I said, you know what? I need to take a step out. I need to just go. But that's what maintenance is. You're not, you don't always have to maintain the boundary because there are two sides to the boundary. You've got your side of it. And then the other person may be respecting the boundary to the point where it's actually taught them something to where they they shift their perspective through this experience and so everybody gets to grow and that i think is a win win sort of thing is when everybody gets to win everybody lives for the day i totally agree cuz i know for me me changing the communication and setting up the boundaries that i have my marriage has turned into a miracle you know I can say that I have the most loving man that I've ever had because of the fact that he's set up his boundaries for me and I've set up my boundaries for him. Mm -hmm. And we've done it with love and yeah. kindness. We've done it with the intention to better ourselves. We've done it in the sense of after mar being married for 32 years, together for 34, that we've known that out of that time, I don't know how many times a year we've had to push the reset button in our marriage, which was setting up different boundaries, which was setting up different wants and desires, was setting up different things that happen. And it's not to say that we were perfect every time. How could we? You know, we were doing different things at different emotions at different times, you know, being in grief at some points, being in, you know, addiction at some points, being in non-addiction at some point. It's like whatever the story was, right? But how do you love yourself enough to push the reset button and say, okay, I can redo this again. I can retry this again. And I'm going to know that I'm going to be human during it. And we're going to be perfect and perfect because it's about practice to do better. Practice mm -hmm. to do better. Yeah. And, and sticking up for yourself and, and 
putting yourself to the fore. You know, this is what I'm doing. And, you know, I think self-love, yeah, it does take practice. But, you know, sometimes you have to start small. It's a story I tell when I was working on my body image. I felt, I thought, wow, I've got a great right ankle. Isn't that a great right ankle? It's got that bone that sticks out. It's nice and shapely. I would put henna on it and I would work my way up. And, you know, it just takes time to develop it. But the more you practice at it, the better you get. Are you going to be indomitable and absolutely rigid in your self-love? I don't know. That's your call. Mm -hmm. And understanding that it's not for me or Natasha or that person in the street who looked at you weird. It's not up to them to determine your self-worth, your self-love. You're doing that. And that has that has made such a difference for me is to believe in what I do. I'll be sitting there giving a reading and I'm like, I don't know about this. But then I've got me and they're going, trust what you're saying. It's going to be fine. It's going to go the way it needs to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. So I believe myself. I believe in myself. And I think um, it's something we can all do. Exactly. It's a level of, of self-love we can all achieve. Mm-hmm. Well, and I can say that I, I figured out that self-love this, you know, after my parents passed away and I had new babies and my hormones were totally out of whack and I was in deep grief and, and depression and, and, it, and it was just a story. And I started saying, hi, little toe. Yes. Thank you for balancing me. I know that you're not really appreciated because you're just this little thing sitting out there. But yet at the same time though, you know, if I didn't have you, I probably wouldn't be able to balance mm-hmm. as well as I do. Thank you, little toe. I do love you. Thank you. I'm noticing you. I'm witnessing you. And then I would go to the other toes. And then I would go to yep. the ball of foot. And then I would go to the bones of the foot. And then I, you know, it's like we have to start somewhere noticing ourselves. Yeah. We have to start somewhere to notice ourselves. And if you notice yourself, that's when you can start creating these boundaries. And when you notice yourself, you don't become so much of a, of a caregiver. You're a giver of care. And that's the thing that I started changing my language, changing my language. I'm, I'm no longer a, a caregiver. I'm a giver of care. And when I started doing that, then I stopped being the, the, um, the wallflower or the, the, the pinball machine or the, Hey, I need you over here. Or, no, I need you. Or they need me over there. And I, I, I can't say no, you know, it's like, no not a caregiver. I'm a giver of care, which means that I have to step back and be a part of the story. What choices am I making? Who am I making these choices to? You know, boundaries are simple. And, and, the, and I don't mean simple in the sense of being able to say them, but simple in the sense of that it is sometimes a saying, I can't do that. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and it's not simple to say that sometimes, but it's the action that is, it's, a, it's in the big picture between, um, you know, in, you know, going to this gas station or going to that gas station, really in the big picture life, it's not going to make that much of a difference, right? But sometimes when you got somebody in the car telling you, I want you to go this one, I want you to go that one. And it's like, you're going in the middle going, I'm making my own choice and I'm going to go to the third one. That's a boundary. That's a boundary because I, think, I want to do what I want to do. It's it's the choice of it. Where are you setting up the boundary? I think when we realize we actually have a choice, mm-hmm. that's that's a real game changer because some people want you, there are some paradigms out there where, no, this is what you have to do. And that's when I really dig in my heels and go, mm, no. no i'm gonna have to do that nope 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 nope. i'll do it when i'm ready when i am damn good and ready um and understanding it is your choice to set up that boundary and you can choose to maintain it and you can choose to release it um and somebody else has the choice of respecting it or not um, I think it's the consequences that some folks don't want to deal with. It's like, well, then, you know, you don't like the way it turns out and you can make different choices. I'm maintaining this choice. I'm maintaining this boundary. 
and my choice is you can respect it or not. And if you don't, then I have a choice next after that. So you do have a choice in the matter. You absolutely do. And then, you know, we only got a few minutes left in this show, Mm -hmm. but how do we respect other people's boundaries? They're sometimes where it's, yeah, by listening and by listening to what the boundary is. And, and then being willing that it might hurt us emotionally in some way that we don't get our way, that we don't get what we want, because we're not the only one in the room, mm-hmm. that there's other people that are in the room, right? So how do we step back, you know, and understand that other people's boundaries are just as important as ours and that requires a lot of emotional intelligence yeah and it's not always going to be comfortable to hear what other people have for boundaries that's our own problem that's our own thing that we have to work with and and then you know receiving that that that's their perception and that there's that want and their desire that is sometimes if we really look at it you know if we're willing to say ouch and oh okay <laughs> you know i i do that i ask people you know when i do sessions or when i see people on the street i will ask them not in the street i don't hug everybody but you know when i'm meeting people i've known online it's like is it okay if i hug you mm-hmm. and most folks are saying yeah sure one woman said no i want to maintain my energy and i went oh okay cool it's nice to see you so being able to to allow them that choice, allow them that space to actually listen and take it to heart. That's another way to develop that trust is to believe what they're saying. I hear some folks just trying to say, what was it? Um, I offered up something. I don't know, here, I I was tipping somebody and then they said, really? And I said, look, I wouldn't offer it if I didn't mean it. So I believe in my choice. You can have that choice too, to accept it. And and it's, again, it's about listening and knowing your intention behind it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Susie, I am so grateful for you. So grateful for you. Thank you. You have taught me so much. You have guided me. You have loved me. And I hope you have felt the same from me because I just love our exchange and, you know, and, you know, doing what we do. So you're going to be at a place this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. This weekend. Oops. What? I don't know my schedule. Um, Yeah. I'll be in Arlington at the Medallion Hotel from 11 to 4 at the Metaphysical Market. You can find the date and the location either on my website bluelightninghealing.com, or you can go to Facebook and find the metaphysical market. I also have on my website, um, other events that I will be at, uh, in the coming months. I've actually mostly caught up. You can find my, my podcast episodes there. Um, yeah, how to contact me and, and yeah, it's, it's the holiday season. I'm so excited for some of the, for all of the events that I'm a part of. I'm really grateful. And thank you, Natasha, for having me on today. Oh, I'm so grateful. Yes, you um, you will be um, on for another two months for sure. Uh, November two and months, December, yeah. the first of um, of the month. And then we'll reevaluate and see. Maybe you can come on once in a while and, and be a part yeah. of this little dance. Um, thank you, everyone, for being here. I We do hope that this show uh, is helpful. If you know somebody who would like to listen to this, please share it. Um, be supportive of this dance because this is a perspective that Susie and I have remembering your truth is your truth. And we only want to give you loving support in your dance of being human because we are all human trying to figure out how to get down the road of life because it is a journey right? It is a journey. So thank you for being here, Susie. I am here live every Wednesday at four o'clock Pacific time. You can catch these videos um, later. They're on recording. I have many other recordings. I have now over 600 videos on my YouTube channel. 
And I know that some of them have been around for a long time and that they're just as relevant. So thank you for being here. And um, please look for uh, Every Day with an Angel live Wednesdays. And then the mini short videos are on, um, uh, I try to post every night for the journey of life to help those little short little messages. So blessings to you. And thank you again, Susie. You can catch me at angelicclarifications.com and you can catch podcasts at Every Day with an Angel if you like to listen to podcasts. And I'm going to figure out how to go live there too. I'm not too sure. Or do more, more little blurps there too. So blessings everyone. And may love be with you and may self-love be with you. Blessings be. Bye now. Mm -hmm.